You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week, just based on what we already know. Or maybe what we think we know. Then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Try. We can talk with our hands more. We know we have extra hand for wine. That's what it's for. Oh yeah, one for wine, one for masturbation. It's five o'clock somewhere. You guys masturbate live on. We're doing podcast. it right now. Right now. We don't have any pants on. We're, we're, we, we may be live on Twitch, and I don't know if that's against the terms oh. of service. If it's educational, you know, I feel oh, like if you yeah. label okay. it educational, it's, we're we're it's totally educational. educational. Yeah. Yeah. And masturbation is educational. You learn about your body. It's very educational. Very informative. I agree. Are we going? Yeah, we're, we're we're making moves. We're rolling. I'm Jim. Oh, I mean, this Jim. is Mike. Hi. 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 I'm Amy. I'm Hi. April. Hi. Hi. So you're drinking wine. What time is it and what time are you allowed to drink wine? In our world? Well, yeah. Five o'clock somewhere. It's right now at 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Okay, so you guys are West Coast. We're West Coast, yeah. So wine time starts anywhere for us usually right after noon. <laughs> Maybe we should have just told you we were on the East Coast so you'd... Didn't have any judgmental thoughts. We've we've been uh, two weeks deep in a renovation project. Yeah. So beers have been 10 10 or 11 in the morning. So no judgment. No judgment. Yeah. Yeah. We're not judging. No judgment anywhere. No one's judging. Drink away. Drink away. Not currently, but. Oh. Yeah. Well. Still not judging. (laughs) (laughs) You are. (laughs) Wine not. Why not? Something that crossed my mind is. Proceed. I got this. You can do your thing, Jim. <laughs> Fix technical things. Is there's many topics that every human deals with that they have no fucking clue what they're doing. Uh oh. Can you guys hear me? Oh, the yes, screen yes, blacked yes, out. Yes. I got the screen blacked out. I I blacked out the whole. Oh, must be the beer. Are we good, Connor? Our world, something like nutrition. Yeah. Every human eats. Yep. And most humans have no fucking clue what they're doing. Nope. They have no, they don't know anything about anything, and they're just shoving their face. Another one. Easy segues. Sex. Sex. Something often. I think everyone does something. It's so private, sometimes, right? No one talks about yes. it. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes they shove their face. <laughs> What's the percentage you think of humans on planet Earth that masturbate? I think it's pretty high. Eighty-five percent—a a statistic I read about oh, really? about penis owners—but uh, actually, it, they think it's closer to ninety-five percent. But what does that mean? Are they regularly doing it? What is that? Is it like once a year? Like what? I'm I, I'm curious. <laughs> today, what that means. Are they, is today it, is July first, my masturbation day of the year. <laughs> just once a year. That's it. That's I it. only do it on the fourth of July to celebrate America. America. <laughs> I have I have a friend. Yeah. Everyone's uh, got a friend. Jim. Everyone's got a friend. Jim, I got this a friend. is you. This is you speaking. Yeah, no, so this is Jim. actually as not As soon me. as you say I, will, I have a friend, it's you. I will tell you who it is. It is my friend John Rom- John Romanello. Okay. Okay. Yes. And What's the social security number? Where yeah, we just drop name drop him. Yeah, guy. I just dropped. Yeah, yeah. He's he's somebody. Yeah. You know, he's public figure ish. Public figure ish. Yeah. And uh, a, a couple of years ago, he gave up drinking, uh, masturbation, and something else. I can't remember for a year. Wow. And he's he says he's never started again with the masturbation. I know he drinks, but he says he's never started again. Uh, but 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 if you have like a girlfriend or, or a significant other, well, you or, know who his girlfriend partner. is, right? So. Right. So then you have sex. Then yeah, sure, I get it. So he has an outlet, but he's just not self-pleasuring. I wonder why. Was it like something that he was he was kind of getting in the way of his everyday life? He was wanking the day away and didn't have the spaciousness to do his work and or wanking the day yeah. away. That's gonna be the, my first song away. on my first album. Porn was the other thing. So porn. It was alcohol, ah, porn, masturbation. Porn. I've had a lot of friends talk to me about that. About the porn thing? Yeah. I went on a porn fast for a while. Because it was because it, it was taking over your day. I, porn, I guess, I feel like is a little different. What I, what I was getting to with my shitty segue to start this whole thing is I wanted you guys <laughs> to give us a little more background, but we'll get there. This is good. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Porn, I feel like, uh, can what I read, what I learn, what I, my own experiences that can alter your perspective on sex and human beings and whatever, right? So I can see how that could be easily, mm-hmm. you know, unhealthy for more people. Where masturbation is a little different. 
Well, I think too. I mean, I'm not going to speak for for them, but I what I hear is yes. that it also, <laughs> especially for says. guys, it's like the furiousness of it. You know what I mean? Oh, guys like get after wanker. it yeah. in a really furious serious kind of way, in a way that you don't get when you're actually with another person. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so no, it makes boss it, me. It makes the finish line a little further away. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. A hypothetical or like Hi- a. The finish line or like the real finish line? Well, the real finish line oh. when you're with somebody else. It makes it a little further away because you're you're giving it like more than you're going to get from anybody's you orifices. Could just, you could just alter your masturbation style instead of furiously and ferociously masturbating really fast and hard in 30 seconds to get the orgasm. You just go slower and softer and post, postpone it and delay it. I mean, that's what the homework is for folks who have ejacula- ejaculatory control issues is start to self-pleasure regularly but take your time don't have a goal to have an orgasm and really drag it out and then you have more control and then when you show up and play with a partner you have more stamina Um, but when yeah when you're regularly just rubbing one out in 30 seconds it can affect your sex life when you're having sex with other people makes sense think about it more like training practice think about it as me time not like me minute there's a really good Drake song <laughs> called Practice. That, the Me Hour. The Me that's, Hour. Yeah, exactly. That's one of my, my, remember that 40-year-old virgin movie with Steve Carell? Yeah. And he was in like this circle of, I can't remember. Of truth or something. Circle of truth. And, and he's like, if you don't use it, do you lose it? Is it true? <laughs> I'm like, actually, I think it is. It might be true. I mean, you, you can get it back. It just takes work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So give us a little uh, uh, information on your backgrounds, what you do, who, who you are. Yeah. Let the people know. Hey, people, why do we talk about sex so much? So I'm Amy, and this is my wonderful best friend, co-host, April. We are of the Shameless Sex Podcast. You can find it everywhere in all the podcast apps. Uh, I am a sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and I also co-own a sex shop with my mom online. Yes, mother-daughter dildos, everyone, called purepleasureshop.com. And April and I have been friends for many, many years and started the Shameless Sex Podcast three years ago. And... Uh, I'll let her explain more about who she is, but our idea behind Shameless Sex is to create a content that helps inspire people to live shamelessly uh, while living consensually. Of course, you got to abide by rules of consent, but to create their own rules for who they are as sexual beings with the understanding that the things that limit us from having our most awesome, badass sex lives is all these rules and ideas of who we should be. And it's like this the idea of normal or that there's one way sex should be or sexuality. And that makes it so that people feel disconnected from their bodies or from their partners, or I don't even know what I like or what I'm doing doesn't feel good. So I don't even want to do it and instead we help to uh, have normalized conversations around all types all aspects of sexuality so that they can learn uh, more about who they are and ask these questions and go to a deeper um uh dive to figure out what kind of sex they want to be having um, and it's for everyone all ages all genders it's for everyone april who are you well we try not to say it's for anyone under 18 oh yeah, because yeah. Of yeah. legal matters i mean i'm kind of into 15 year old listeners legally we can't say that so <laughs> yeah. if you're 18 or older yeah. and i'm april i think amy did a wonderful job of talking about shameless sex i actually studied law never practiced because i am a terrible liar so I I definitely uh, love the business of sex. I think I am a sex educator. I am the VP of a company called Hot Octopus. We actually specialize in high-end male masturbators. So I'll say penis owning masturbators. And uh, yes, sex is, is my life. I obviously want to continue, uh, as Amy said, not eradicating shame, but helping people have better sex lives and also more pleasure in their lives. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. How do you get started in that world? Uh, first, I w- Shameless is, is an amazing title because I don't know how you start the conversation of owning a sex shop with your mother. That seems like if you can have that conversation, you can pretty much talk about you anything. You could fucking do anything. It's like if you can dive off the coast of, of, of Central California, you can dive anywhere in the world, that kind of thing. Where yeah. You, yeah. You yeah. do the hard thing first and then yeah. everything else is easy. Yeah. I don't even know to where to begin. But where do you even start to learn? Uh, do you go to school for these type of things? Do you do your own research? Uh, are you just um, very explorative in your personal life and gather some information? Because, you know, in our world, we're kind of in this fitness health world and that's where these things overlap a little bit. Ours just tends to be more in the gym around barbells and things but uh you know i think you the best way to learn anything is a combination of all but sex is such a different topic it's such a unique topic in many ways um 
Yeah. Tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Where do you learn? I mean, obviously people can tune into your podcast, you know, if they have mm-hmm. real jobs or whatever, and they can learn that way. But how do you learn? Well, I, when I was 18, I'm 35 now, I went decided I wanted to go to school for psychology and human sexuality. Part of it was because I had so many questions. I was like, I do not understand this body. I don't understand my orgasms. I also, obviously, owning a sex shop with my mom was raised. I live in Santa Cruz, California. It's a little more open-minded, progressive. So I was raised with conversations around sexuality. They were not shameful. We didn't talk about pleasure when I was younger, you know, in a young teen. But she did let me know before I was sexually active that it's completely normal, that when I become sexually active, I can come to her and get on birth control. So I knew, already knew, knew that sex wasn't a bad thing. Um, and I already had kind of a knack for talking uh, very openly just about sex and relationships with friends. And so I decided to pursue it as a career slash in school. I went to um, so major in psychology, minor in human sexuality, and then continued from there to um, do various trainings, become a certified sex educator, to become a sex and relationship coach. Um, I am also have done various psychology trainings. I'm trained in the Hakomi method, which sounds Japanese, but it's actually a Hopi word. But um, it's uh, it's not related to sex. It's uh, a holistic psychotherapy technique. So I just continue to do a lot of various trainings that pertain to how I want to work and what I want to learn about. Ultimately, though, my main target is sexuality and how to help people work through all the blocks and barriers that are limiting uh, limiting them in progressing in the way that they want to and yeah experiential too a lot of trial and error i had to have a lot of bad sex to have a lot of good sex because i no one taught me uh, I didn't hear all the information on about how to avoid all of the error part. You know, we, I learned about I had comprehensive sex education where they talked about STIs, which are sexually transmitted mm-hmm. infections. We're using that over STDs these days. And, um, you know, so all the herpes and condoms, but no one said, I talked about how to have badass orgasms and how to ask for what I want in the bedroom. And so I had to really learn that on my own. Own, and I still am learning that to this day. April and I by no means say that we know everything or we have it just like perfectly nailed down. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a constant journey. Like April and I are students as well. We're educators. And, yes, we we have a lot of experience in talking about sexuality. I think when people hear us, they're like, wow, that's so brave. How do you do that? You know, 15 years ago, April and I were not comfortable talking about sex as openly as we do. Um, we just are very experienced in it. And that's what this is. It's all a practice, whether it's talking about sex, having sex, you know, the more that we do it consensually and with respect to where we're at, and what our bodies want, the easier and better it gets. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just add a piece to what Amy shared. Uh, I actually, Amy was the one that brought me into the industry and the business of sex. I'll, I'll say the sex toy industry because that's where I started. I worked at the shop as a manager. Uh, Amy and I worked in the restaurant industry together. I was studying for my LSATs and and uh, I, you know, I have a bachelor's of science. So sex was never really, I grew up in a very conservative Midwestern family. Sex was never talked about. I was uh, an avid masturbator though, since I was five years old, not really understanding or knowing that that was what I was doing. I, I didn't realize that when I was humping a teddy bear that it was like inducing pleasure and, and that I was able to have orgasms at a young age. Uh, and so not ever speaking to anyone, an adult really about sex or just having the typical education from a, a, a Wisconsin high school, which was pretty much nothing for education. It was like abstinence is the way not to get pregnant or get an yeah. STD. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not doing that. So uh, it was really, uh, I'll say serendipitous that I met Amy and she was uh, studying human sexuality. And then when we would conversate and talk openly about our sexual experiences together, she was uh, like, I'm I'm opening a sex shop with my mom. You should work there. I was like, I don't even own a sex toy. How am I going to sell sex toys to people? Um, like pretty much I've been doing it missionary style and then masturbating <laughs> after that to have an orgasm. So I'm confused. And she's like, you're going to be just fine. So uh, that was sort of the opening uh, for me into diving into the uh, world of, of sexuality. And it was an, an, a long opening for me. And it took some time. It took a lot of actually courage, I feel like, to even talk to my family about what I was doing because, you know, they're like, what, you're making porn now? I'm like, no, (laughs) not making porn. It's totally different. It's an educative, beautiful, actually way to help humans with 
having an orgasm or bettering their their sex lives if they're in a couple or in a couple situation or a triad, whatever whatever their sex lives look like. And I've always been super open-minded. And then I started working in the product development side with several different companies after I left uh, Amy's Pure Pleasure and moved on and was uh, just in this world of developing sex toys and marketing them properly, making them safe to talk about, not mm. some fleshy, veiny dildo. When people think about vibrators, they typically call them dildos and they think about those veiny, fleshy masses. Dongs. Yeah, that are kind of scary. You wouldn't want your mom to walk in and see one of those on your dresser. So I've kind of gone in the realm of the high-end sex toy market and uh, really... I just have immersed myself in in this world. And our podcast came up because we would have, Amy and I would have all of these conversations around sex with each other and with our friends. And we were on another show, another podcast about sex. And we received, was the uh, Sex with Emily podcast. She's huge. Mm -hmm. She's been like the Today Show. She's massive. And she's a, a, a wonderful friend and kind of our matriarch for our podcast. And she uh, w was one of her most listened to shows of 2017. Uh, Amy and I with zero podcasting skills. And so we oh, were the like, title. The title of the, the episode. The title was Orgasms, Squirting, and the Year of Anal Licking. <laughs> so I think that's what really sold people. Yeah. And we received amazing feedback. And so we decided to forge out on our own. And uh, I still work in the sex toy industry. And Amy obviously still has her online shop with her mom. And now our podcast is passion project that we thought maybe would be five shows long has turned into 175 plus shows as of this month in 2020. And uh, we're now the fifth most listened to sexuality podcast on iTunes, which is pretty incredible and wow. growing. So uh, that is sort of where it's uh, circumstance meets destiny, right? That's what when good things happen. Well, we're on I think this is Episode 87 of this podcast. This is the second one that Mike and I have done together. And we've been promising since the beginning that we were going to cover some sex topics. And this is the first time that we've actually done it. So um, I'm happy finally. that that's final, yeah. that we finally got to that point. Uh, a thing that, that sort of in, inspired me and, and to to add that to the beginning of the story at, at the beginning you know, of, of this, this podcast to say, well, we'll talk about uh, sex issues as well. My wife is a registered nurse. She teaches uh, sex ed uh, from uh, grade five to eight. Um, state of California has no mandated curriculum. There is no requirement, but he she teaches at the public Waldorf school that my younger son went to. She teaches at um, a, a low income, another low income school, something like that. Uh, and a couple last year, year before last, she was updating the slides that she uses for that, that presentation. And she said, I think I need to replace my picture of the clitoris because it's, it's like not a good one. So I need to get a more anatomically correct one. And she stumbled on the picture of one of the, the 3d printed ones. Have you seen that? That? Mm. Yes. So it's like a, wi wish like a wishbone. Yeah. yeah. A wishbone. Yeah. And she was like, hang on, what? I like, still don't even know what a 3D printer, printer does. Like, I know what it does, but I don't really know what it does. Everyone talks about it. You know, people talk about, like, technology. Okay, well, a regular printer printed this? Yeah, I get <laughs> what 3D means in some senses. They actually are making houses with 3D printers yeah. in developing countries. Yeah. It's pretty incredible because it makes a, a tangible, three-dimensional uh, item depending on what the computer generated thing is that they're putting into their system so they yeah. can actually put program in what they want to actual to scale and they can make a 3D rendering uh, of these in a specific it's a material that they use for 3D That's printers. That's what I was going to ask but, uh, like what material because yeah, it just makes plastic? Essentially yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's a resin kind of thing. It's yeah. almost so, like a. Yeah. But you're talking about so the old model that she saw before the 3D printer of the of the clitoris was just that it's like this little nub that comes yeah, the, out under the clitoral hood, oh. and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's a huge structure there. There's, there's a, a lot more. You can have clitoral on. boners. That's what ha you can actually have a clitoral boner. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's so far beyond the man in the boat. You know. 
And <laughs> the mouth. Well, yeah. The, I mean, I get yeah, it. You can understand what I'm, I'm saying. Keep, I'm trying to keep up. There's You're a lot saying, going on. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you know, she's a nurse. She works in a hospital, and she went in to work the next next day, and she's like, "Hey, so have you guys seen this picture?" And they're like, "What?" And I mean, nurses are texting their boyfriends and their husbands. It's like, hey, like, uh, there's a whole lot more going on down here. Like, do you think we could, like, maybe address it the next time? Yeah, like access their all the whole clitoral structure. Yeah, and it's been, uh, it's been a, it's been a revelation. Even uh, the fact that she kind and she of... said, like, people need to know about this. <laughs> Why does anybody yeah. know? Most women don't know about this. It's like, yep, that's true. well, they don't. And the, and the clitoris, so the clitoris now was someone I went to school to for, sex, for human sexuality. You know, in two thousand eight, we didn't see diagrams of the whole clitoral structure. It was still kind of just like this little nub under a hood. Right. And then in two thousand ten, it came out that there was this whole clitoral structure. And apparently, that knowledge was out before, but it wasn't publicized or something. But and so instead, it has that little nub, which is the head. Mm-hmm. Then it has. Um, the this that has actual legs like there's the head there's the shaft that goes way back oh yeah here yeah, we have dang. the puppet you can kind of see here too so you have the head here mm-hmm. and you can't see it here but there's a shaft that goes back and then legs that go down behind the labia majora so that's like that puffy part of the outer lips of the vulva vulva's external anatomy of a vagina vagina's internal anatomy of a of a of a, a vulva owning bits and yeah so people don't know that there's this whole massive structure externally you can't see most of it but there's so much there to play with and access and it's a powerhouse for pleasure it has like 8,000 nerve endings. and just to also let you know that all of our genitals are like fingerprints so there's not two vulvas or penises or let's say genitals that are alike so yours is amazing and different and you may have had uh some sort of physical exchange with a vulva owner and they liked something specific but you could line up 10 different vulva owners and they will like 10 different things so it's not one size fits all for any of the approaches that you use in entertaining the clitoris Ooh, entertaining entertaining why do you think it is, um, like you said, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Waldorf school education. Um, yes, yes. Oh, are you? All right. So I went to a Waldorf school for 13 years. I know there is nice. one in Santa Cruz. Uh, there is, yes. Yeah, very progressive, hippies, all this cool stuff. But even my sex education, what I remember, I was probably sleeping in class or being a clown in the corner, was still very just like uh, similar to how you described yours. I wouldn't say like conservative, but it was very just black and white, maybe a little bit of anatomy here's a condom head off to PE class. Yeah. Like, why is that a thing? Why isn't it more involved than that? Yeah. And I kind of understand the public school thing and, and, and the long history of, of Christianity uh, and where that kind of lies in America, which is a whole nother topic uh, <laughs> that we could dig into another yeah. day uh, and, and, and why that may play a role. But even at, at like a Waldorf school, you would think there would be a little bit more different discussions happening. Well, I could just tell you from the perspective of she's been doing this for over 15 years and there are parents that want certain things said right. and there are other parents that, that don't want certain things said and it gets, that's that's where it is. And she she does, uh, hers is, is whole family, so they don't do them during the day, just the kids. Oh. They, everybody hmm. that has a, a parent or, or significant other not significant other, yeah, but you know, guardian, what I mean? guardian. guardian whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or you know, and the adult that they trust, I guess, is really yeah. what it what it comes down to, is there for it, and she sometimes meets with parents separately, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of feedback. You think that sure. that would and be it, the first step, maybe, is the sex educator would meet with the parents? Often that's the case. It oh, depends right. on it, like because she starts like fifth grade, so yeah. the fifth grade parents want to know what the yeah. heck they're going to hear, and they don't, they hear just enough. I guess is what she she always tries to do, just like just enough, like here, you know. And, and if they ask, it's not questions, about pleasure though. Yeah, yeah. it's no. not usually about pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it's about what what can happen. Do you guys do it, you yeah, it's all bad. Do you guys teach uh, schools or anything, or are you mostly into adults refining their experiences per se? I have not in public school. I have you know I've gone to junior colleges, I've gone to universities, and I have taught taught sex ed privately it was like a private event for or for class series for middle schoolers so it was 11 to 13 year olds so parents had to privately enroll them it wasn't part of the school system and I think we had you know like 18 kids there and the first day their parents were there and the rest of them was just the kids being there with us I believe in um 
And so your question about why this is, you know, why pleasure isn't being discussed or or other aspects, variations of human sexuality other than STIs and pregnancy um, is, yeah, there's, we're dealing with, with centuries of conditioning based on whether it's religion and politics and personal beliefs and a lot of shaming and ideas and control, you need to control people's bodies, this idea that there's this thing that's bad or dirty or sinful, or that if we talk about it, it'll make them do it more when in fact, we know that actually when we talk and educate about it, they do it less or they're more mm-hmm. careful about it. Um, and so yeah, we're, that's just here still. And so as much as we live in a society, that we feel like, oh, yeah, the public school system is not being affected by religion and and by all these other institutionalized things that have been around for a long time. It still is. It's it's just really, really, really old. And I think you're talking, you're dealing with, you're talking, you're asking about the parents, you know, why aren't the parents jumping on board for that? Because they haven't dealt with their own beliefs about no. it. They mm-hmm. haven't dealt with their own shame and fear and um, in all the social conditioning that they've received. And a lot of them don't even know that they have it. They don't, aren't even aware that they are, I mean, I'm call them victims, but, you know, products of hundreds and hundreds of years of what we've been, I mean, told. when I was growing up, my mom would call my bits. No, 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 you don't touch no, no. that. Yeah. yeah, no, no. And yeah. I think it is slowly starting to shift. However, it is. It's just a it's age old conditioning and, and angry parents. I, I mean, parents get they they do get really upset if they're if they feel their child is being overexposed to something and mm-hmm. sex get this gets this rap of they think porn or they think sure. of, of maybe a something that isn't as, as pleasure inducing. And so it, it just, it, there needs to be a shift. And I do the grassroots movement. My, my current partner has a 15 year old daughter and sometimes she'll have friends over and I'm like, do you all know where the perineum is? And they're like, the guys are like, what? And I was like, this is a cock rig. Do you know what this could do? So probably sign this waiver here. You cannot sue me. Your yeah, parents, have your yeah. parents sign this too. Well, I do say, and, yeah. and I, I, I tell them to send in some questions if anonymously, if they want to learn more and we can get not only uh, Amy and I can can answer what we can, but we can also uh, consult with doctors and and people that are really in tune with uh, speaking in the the proper way to uh, children or teenagers, let's say. Yeah, even personally, you know, I'm 31. I'm almost 32. Phew, Coming up on you very quickly. Uh, and and I, I was. Well, I am much older. Just <laughs> I was raised. Catholic. <laughs> I was went to the Catholic Church until I was 18. But then yeah. I went to a Waldorf school, and my parents probably themselves were somewhere in between. So I got this strict, you know, craziness over here, and this strict hippiness over here, and so I'm this mesh in the middle, mm-hmm. and. Growing up, the only time you'd ever hear someone talk about it normally is if I could stay awake till midnight and listen to Dr. Drew uh-huh. on on the fuzzy AM radio station and listen to Loveline. Like that's the only person I ever heard talk about sex in any, I guess, normal way. In my opinion, like you know? it was another topic, like it was any other not yeah, charged. Yeah, topic. And yeah, and it was like semi-educational. Some of it was funny. Like, hey, I tried to, you know, I don't know, fuck the. Light socket. Like, yeah, yeah. Protein shaker in my dick got stuck. Or, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Like, some of it was funny. Wow. Dr. Drew's figuring that out. And some of this is, you know, like, it just made and there's it. there's a smoke alarm going off in the background. Always. Always, yeah. But that There show... was Dr. Ruth, too. Remember yeah. Dr. Ruth, oh. the old lady? She's yeah. still around. She yeah. also did a lot of education after hours. Yeah. It, it, but, like, why does that have to be after hours? Why I don't know. It, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's uh, obviously. The children are sleeping. Yeah, obviously podcasts help. Um, but even yeah. still, how many like younger people listen to podcasts? Yeah. And again, 18 is young people, you know, for all our lawyers listen to me or the FBI. <laughs> or 18 or 19 year olds that need to listen and learn. Well, it, we had a conversation just two days ago with a very long time friend of yours. Oh, yeah. Who had no problem at all talking about anything at all? Lisa, yeah, we can name drop. We yeah. can Lisa, yeah. yes, Lisa, yeah, yeah. Lisa's, yeah, Lisa's cool. She talked about anything. She can talk about anything. She talked about like her her high school bang buddy that yeah. was somebody Which that might do. Best friend, yeah. Best friend, yeah. They they disappeared <laughs> during a assembly and yeah. like the vice principal's like, hey guys, like assembly's over. You, you need to get out. You know, yeah. We know like, there's two no of more you in one stall right now. Yes, even though there's two of you in one stall. And she was like. Uh, yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend. And then she turned to me and said, did you know I had a girlfriend? I said, yeah, I heard that as a matter of fact. And it's like no kind of surprise to me at all. It's not a big deal. Yeah. 
Yeah, but some but families, no, but some none world. Of it, none of it was a big deal to her. That she had no. Li- like no inhibitions about talking about it at all. And I think the better we are, obviously, uh, we don't have to dig into things. But uh, what's going on socially in America? Even COVID becoming a topic of whatever in America. Actually, we should talk about that. Yeah, on. we can talk about it at all. But the point is, is that the more we can just have adult conversations and not arguments or debates on the internet about any sensitive topic and make them slightly less sensitive, maybe then there can be some progress involved. If we're always behind closed doors conversations about a clit, oh, it's whispering. always behind closed doors about a black man, if it's always behind closed doors about uh, masks, yeah. uh, who the fuck's arguing about masks in 2020? Where the fuck am I? <laughs> you know, like if that's a sensitive topic, then we're never going to be able to ha- make progress on it because right. you only get three people out of thousands wanting to talk about it. Yeah, I think that's a fair yeah. There were, and we, that's one of our, our beliefs here too, is like the conversations really matter. When people ask us more, like I'm, we get these sex questions all the time and people say, I'm really uncomfortable asking for what I want in the bedroom and even talking about sex. And one, some of the advice is, you know, start hanging out with people that are comfortable with it or start listening to podcasts where people are talking about this, you know, familiarizing your system with having these conversations instead of them being closeted because they're scary or we might feel like we don't know everything about it or it makes us uncomfortable and brings up our, you know, we get triggered or brings up some stuff. Um, but yeah, the path is, is in the conversations, in the communication, in, in embracing and addressing, and also admitting where we have room to learn and grow and what we don't know what we're doing. Um, and, you know, admitting, this is another thing that's with masculinity too. Yeah. Love, we love men, but there is this thing around for men often, you know, penis owning individuals that they're supposed to know everything. It's this pressure mm. that you're, you're, you don't, you shouldn't go and learn about sex. There's, there's something wrong with you if you need to. No, you weren't born knowing all of these things. And so when I teach sex ed classes, when April and I teach, oftentimes there's a lot more women there, vulva owning individuals, because they're a little more open to say like, no, I have room to learn. But there's something socially that has said that you know, men aren't supposed to talk about it with their buddies, you know, other than like, I banged that chick last night. How was it? You know, instead of like, hey, yeah, my my girl and I were having some issues. Like She's not having orgasms and we can't figure out why. Whereas like we are with we're talking about that all the time. You know, that's yeah. a normal conversation for us. What do you think the root of that from your psych uh, knowledge is? Is that like uh, a societal thing to dudes or is that dudes having a little bit more ego? Um, dudes, dudes are often a, yeah. uh, told to be like less emotionally attached, less, yeah. right? Uh, don't ask for directions yeah. mm-hmm. kind of shit, yeah. which is ego. It comes from that, all that same, that, same, that same place. Yeah, you know, you're supposed to be tough, strong, don't have cry. it all figured out. Yeah. yeah, you can show anger, but you can't show sadness. You can't show softness. You can't show vulnerability and this. And also like to show any weakness and weakness people, and I don't agree with this. I don't think weakness is not knowing everything, right? It's like if you have questions or you don't feel like you're doing things perfectly that makes you weak. I don't agree with that. So I think that, um, again, hundreds and hundreds of years of this pressure and this idea about what masculinity is, what it is to be a man. Um, and, you know, especially in this culture, we don't have a rites of passage here where a lot of men, penis owners are being educated on how to be a man in partnership, how to be a, a strong partner, how to be a great lover, um, you know, how to be a champion for female sexuality and pleasure and for, you know, all the wild femininity that women can, you know, hold and embrace. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's it's layers and years of conditioning that but the, the penis owned individuals that I know that do that work, that start to talk about it, that learn about it, embrace it. Oh, they're having some great sex. They're having great relationships, deep connection, like multi-orgasm sometimes. Um, so it's a it's not necessarily the easier path, but it's a powerful and a rewarding one. And understanding that that sexual orientation can be more fluid, even if you're a penis owner and you aren't maybe a hundred percent just into vaginas. Maybe you're a penis owner that likes some vagina and you also like some penis or some other things. I think that is something that also gets looked over when folks are like, oh, I, I, I don't want to identify with being labeled as a bisexual or I, I, people get really stuck in that, especially with the penis owning uh, folks out there, because I feel like they're like, I, I don't want to be labeled as gay. Right. Although I am more fluid. And also, I think bringing more awareness to that, too, especially it, when you're talking about mask masculinity specifically, uh, people think of a lot of like straight men. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can be so many different ways. So I always like to to bring that into the picture, too. It always seems like that 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 is easier for women to get away with. Women can 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 be very fluid in their sexuality and not be judged, especially now, I think, like 
and that and men it's it's very much a a binary thing for for mm. the people observing them. It's like, oh well, if you're with a dude, then you're then you're just with dudes, and that's mm-hmm. and that's it. We, uh, um, we our small claim to fame in the gender fluid world is that a friend of ours is a, a trans woman, but gender fluid, bodybuilder, powerlifter. And uh, if you ever happen to check out the movie uh, documentary called Transformer, we're in it because mm, yeah. she was outed by somebody on YouTube. And then we had her on our previous podcast. And the thing that struck me most about it, because it's not like I didn't know. I knew it was not like a, it wasn't a big it surprise It was a public secret. It was a public secret. Yeah, yeah, it was a, to- it was not a totally secret. private secret. Everybody in the, everybody in our industry sort of knew. Um, the thing that was the weirdest to me about it, though, was that as soon as it came out, she started getting like perverted <laughs> uh, DMs and dick pics from other guys in the industry who were expressing a sudden interest in being with. They were like big fans of the the him version. And now they were like, want to be with the her version. And I think that can dig into a whole another topic too, like uh, fetishizing some of these things rather than yeah. like respecting it or like being into it or like, mm-hmm. what are they, uh, I don't know a term that's not um, insulting. Just don't let me be, you know, you should tell me to shut up. But like, like hunting down the unicorn kind of deal. Yeah. Like just want it because it's rare. Because I mean, uh, you know, her name's Janae. Janae's jacked. Yeah. 6'2, 225 pounds, looks. Like, like a, a really specimen jacked, from any, yeah. Doesn't matter gender, doesn't matter anything. Just a specimen, right? Yeah. Like you notice her in a room. Um, mm-hmm. It's like I get that, but that's like kind of weird to me too. And we were talking about fe- yeah, fetishizing. I think is a good, good, word, a good way to to put that when because fetish isn't a bad thing, right? right. You can have a fetish or, or you know a, a strong uh, you turn on to to certain materials or um, or aspects of of a human, um, and so you, so it's not a bad thing to have a fetish for someone. And some people do ha- might have fetish for a trans. Uh, you know, for a trans woman, um, but when you fetishize something, it, when you're turning it kind of into like this, like a piece of meat yeah. or this this thing that's just kind of this toy for your entertainment, mm-hmm. um, and this happens with a lot of things like you April. Dehumanize them. We dehumanize. Yeah. Like April and I yeah. go, we work at you know sex toy industry, and so we go to trade shows, and you'll go in some of these booths, and they'll just have these huge slabs of meat. Like uh, it's not meat; it's it's like a sex toy, but it's a huge, big black booty, and it's totally fetishizing. Um, an aspect of being a person of color um, for, you know, someone's joy and entertainment. Um, and so there, there's just a different way to do it. There's like, and it, I think it all comes down to intention and, and respect. And it was like coming from a place of, no, this just is my turn on. That's all good as long as it's consensual. But mm-hmm. it's coming from like, oh, no, this is just entertaining. I want to just kind of objectify it without yeah. having permission to do that in a way that's respectful. That's, then it's different. Oh, when I go to the strip club, I always talk to the strippers. I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? What are you up to? Because I feel like they get dehumanized a lot too. People oh, look at yeah. them as, yeah. right, just like they're they're dancing and working. And, and your partner's like, stop talking to me. I know. Stuff. My partner's <laughs> like, stop trying to get, because like, I'm like, what's dance. your life yeah. goal? Yeah. Tell, talk to me more about what do you do? What do you want? What are your dreams? And, and meanwhile, she's like dancing with me a lap dance and I'm, and I'm just trying to get deep. She's human. She's human. Yeah. yeah. And. Yeah. I just think that we offering more human qualities to folks, even porn stars, they also get dehumanized a lot. People don't recognize the fact that they're performers and they're humans. They have kids, they have they have feelings, the feelings and needs, and, and they are human beings that are actually quite athletic and uh, really work, good at what they do. Work really a lot of them work very hard for what they do. So all of us, I think it's just it's 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 wonderful that you all are also okay with uh, hearing this point of view and offering it to folks that listen to your show that might be unaware. Yeah. Do you think a lot of that, like the sex worker conversation is American still? Cause I hear, I've never, Probably I've never exclusive. really left. You hear like Europe's a little bit more normalized. Some of that as well, or respected, like you said, versus kind of the, I don't know the other word other than fetishize, but the negative fetishize one, not the other one. Well, Objectify. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're still doing a lot of the idea that people that go into that are wounded, broken, damaged. They all have sexual trauma, which is not true. Um, and yeah, that can show up there, but in any line of work. But sure. um, and, you know, so there's there. I think there's that piece of and why it's a 
bad thing, you know, and then you throw in sex trafficking. And so it gets really messy. It's like, because there's one really dark side of it, a big one, that's a huge problem, uh, that it shades the rest of it, that there are a lot of people that actually choose it because they enjoy it, because it's empowering, because they're really good at it. Um, and so I don't think it's just a U.S. conversation. I think it's different everywhere. Um, and, you know, I think we're actually kind of a little more behind than a lot of places, like you're saying, in Europe or in Netherlands. Australia. Like Australia, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. totally, sex work is yeah. legal. Yeah, or like decriminalizing. Uh, it just decriminalized, Like, why does it need yeah. to be criminalized? It's, it's like, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, there's it, there still is a lot of work to do here and a lot of places, though. You know, a lot of places, sex workers really um are i mean they're not really protected here but well look at thailand i mean in thailand for instance it's illegal to buy sex toys or sell sex toys in thailand also pornography is banned however you can go to uh the soy cowboy area and you can actually buy uh sex sex workers and you can have um exchanges with those and hopefully they're consenting humans that are Mm. adults and just saying that there's sort of uh there's there's a lot of gray area when you talk about no. sex work in most places, and you're not really going to know the nitty gritty of each individual society or country or culture unless you are in it. And because a lot of folks turn a blind eye. I mean, in India, for instance, right? I mean, there's you can pretty much get anything for for money. So um, I think that we probably have a, a little bit, as Amy mentioned, maybe a slower process of uh, the acceptance piece. And we also uh, are starting to open up in certain states with sex work and and what's out there. I wonder if it's going to hit a critical mass the way, say, um, legalizing marijuana yeah. hit, hit a critical mass of, of public opinion or uh, same-sex marriage hit one really, really quickly. Like, it once it started to trend, it was like, boom. And then, it, then the majority mm-hmm. of people were okay with it. And then than the Supreme Court and you know. Yeah, even in my lifetime, I feel like uh, when I was younger, marijuana was still like thrown in the same category as heroin and cocaine in the conversation of movies even or anything like, and then now you walk around, we're in Sacramento, which isn't far from you guys and you can't help but smell green everywhere you <laughs> everywhere you want. Santa oh, Cruz yeah. is a little different. Santa Cruz has been like that for a while. I had a lot of <laughs> yeah, good we're friends used to that, that went to college there. So I used to visit all the time. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, they're everywhere. We legalized mushrooms in Santa Cruz. Uh, or decrimi- we dem- decriminalized it. Yeah. Uh, you can't buy it recreationally yet, sure. but you will not be punished for having that. I'm like, this is great. That's like the new Amsterdam. Yeah. And no one's killing anyone over mushrooms. Like no one's no. high on mushrooms and does some like you know goes on some mass mass like want to kill the whole neighborhood. You know they're like I, they're in their own little they're like world. petting a tree outside, yeah. <laughs> yeah. planting trees. Tree. Yeah, and like the habitual <laughs> effect of it. Like you're not doing. I mean I don't know. I've never done them, but I imagine people don't do shrooms every single day. Like if you're on, there's some people on, microdose, but microdose, yeah. yeah, but it's a little if, different if than no like heroin. Addicted. You know, yeah, yeah. If you're on heroin, you're then you're on you're heroin. chugging yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 it's a different sure. story yeah so we mike mentioned covid earlier like people who are not in relationships right now like what the hell are they supposed to do <laughs> masturbate uh. yeah well i i have a, i have a friend who uh told me this he's a he's a stand up so so he he's going to tell a funny story but his story was this he's he's going through a divorce and his his marriage had gotten pretty sexless and he started after they broke up he started dating somebody and then the pandemic struck and they're like oh shit like i i like you a lot but i don't know you're not worth the you're not worth the risk of covid yeah 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 (laughs) and not that great it's like where do we go to do it you know whatever so they had sex in his prius c when they both wore masks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. and I, I but i don't know i mean I, the state of new york seems to be suggesting that people use glory holes i don't know oh yeah you oh really me. yeah uh yeah. They, they use that. well they framework, said framework but yeah they said <laughs> barriers including walls i yeah I, I when you were saying that story my first thought was they act that that those people actually decided okay well i kind of like you a lot and COVID's having so actually maybe we should date just so that i have a bang buddy yeah. um because i know people that are doing that they're like choosing too. their yeah their COVID sex partners or they're with or they're already in a relationship that was about to end because it's not going well but they actually are choosing to stay because they're like i don't want to date right now it sounds lonely and risky and challenging um right. so yeah it's it's a it's a we're i i believe you know that 
it's we are you know sexuality and dating is, is is shifting because of this in a certain way and it will probably have lasting effects and who knows what that will uh, look like but i know plenty of single people that are still on dating apps and they're having sex with people um and it's just uh you know the amount of risk that you're willing to take some people aren't willing to be close to any other humans right now and it's to me my belief is to each their own right and like we have to respect other people's boundaries and you know i'm a i'm a mask person in the grocery store so um, a a huge opportunity for the cam market you can go on and 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 look at all of the available uh beautiful models the cam models that are making money and you pay them by the i don't know if it's by the minute and that's uh, a huge way for people to be self-sufficient and have their own income and for you to get some of your needs met. There's a lot of great Bluetooth toys out there right now as well. Bluetooth Ooh. technology. If you have a long distance partner or some of the cam uh, market people that they have products that could stimulate a blowjob while they have the proper pressure, it applies the pressure to the toy. So uh, that is where technology in 2020 can really benefit. There's VR, right? There's a lot more VR mm. out there. Um, Oculus, all of the technology that can actually put you into an actual porn. And uh, I think there's the robot dolls that are really they're creepy, quite authentically. Authentic, yeah. Yes. Like their their cheekbones they'll like move. actually do oh, a, yeah. simulate a blowjob yeah. and and they're like ten thousand fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you can probably probably get one gently used on Craigslist Ooh, or maybe a lot less recycled. Yikes! <laughs> or ungently used. Yeah. Uh, or oh, ungently, shit. yes. The CPR doll. You could just call it a CPR doll. <laughs> poor, poor doll. Poor doll. Poor doll. <laughs> Recessa Annie. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm not going on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, we are at the point where I said that uh, we would we would uh, wrap it up, um, but we're going to reserve the right to have you back if you're willing Woo! to come back, like anytime. Yeah. Seriously, yep, we're uh, into it. We let we, so we have so much to say about sex. You're going to give us topic. the other fifty percent. So it'll be a hundred percent. Yeah, actually, our we we've recently changed format because of COVID. We started doing the show differently. Um, our original format was that we would have a single question. And then we would talk through what we thought the answer to the question was. And then we'd bring experts in to tell us like whether we got it right or wrong or whatever. Oh. And uh, it's since since the pandemic, really, yeah. we started doing single episodes with 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 guests as opposed to um, the way we're doing it before all the way through. And we started streaming because everyone was at home. And so you might as well stream so that people can see what you're talking about. And well, maybe we should quiz you a next time with some sex facts. Ooh. There we go. That sounds we fun. Debunk some myths or yeah. put it out there Check for you. Knowledge. Absolutely, we're down. Yeah, I'll fail, but I'm in. <laughs> You're Just not start a failure. Studying. Yeah. Learn about where your premium no. is yeah. and your yeah. frenulum and okay. how many nerve endings you have. Okay. You gotta make flashcards. <laughs> what your yeah. biggest sex organ is? What do you think oh. your biggest sex organ is? I don't know. Somewhere in the booty hole. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I read one of your. I, I was listening to a podcast, you guys. Before we go, I need to answer. Or I need an answer, and and uh, maybe an Instagram, uh, G spot. People talk about uh, general consensus. I think people are knowing. I think some someone said a P spot. Is there a yeah, P yeah. spot? Yeah, hit me with a oh, P yeah. spot. What's a P spot? Is there hit a Q spot? Hit me with your P spot. Oh. You have a piece. You have one in I, your I, butt. I have a lot of things I don't know about. <laughs> it's where your prostate is. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Pa- fair. It's yeah, a yeah. powerhouse for pleasure. If you combine it with other stimulation on your your, your penis and other things, you can actually enhance orgasm. So. That's right. You are capable of intense pleasure, my dear. I would love to talk to you guys every day. You make me feel so powerful, <laughs> so special. You are. Just wake me up and with these texts. You are powerful. What do you- what happened? What about this biggest sex organ? What you say the booty hole? I thought what maybe the pee spot then ish. I don't know if that's an organ, but um, go ahead. No, it's the biggest. The biggest sex organ at, at, at all humans. All have. humans. Oh, your brain? Yeah. Yeah. It's between the gym your gave me ears. That. I, my, I cheated okay. off my, my my desk mate. He's your flashcard. <laughs> He's all googling. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. He's calling oh, yeah. his wife right now. Hi, honey. <laughs> Hi. Hold you on. get an A plus. Phone a friend. Yeah. Phone a friend. Yeah. Absolutely. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants oh. to be a sex millionaire? That would be good. That would be good. I'll find a way to find some sponsor money if you guys want to run that. Let's do it. You know, yeah, that's I don't have a really project good going on right now. Edit this out so no one steals it. <laughs> okay. Circle <Sorry>. C. <laughs> yeah. TM that thing. Uh, okay. New show. You do that on Twitch. If you ladies, I don't know if you're on Twitch or not. You're, I don't know. You'd have to find the rules because the rules are a little more strict on that platform. Yeah, uh-huh. but a podcast. We get kicked off a lot of things. So yeah, that's cool though. That's fun. Like 
Yeah, if you just you know tiptoe the line and make sure again it's educational. Um, you guys, we were probably, educational today. Yeah, for sure. No, today was perfect. Yeah. You guys would absolutely crush that space. We could and just I think get the bleep, the bleep button. Beep. So whenever we say no. something, it'll be like talk about beep, beep. I don't think but then so. we it's just be beep the whole time. You can curse and you can say like explicit things. I don't know. I haven't read the exact terms of service. Obviously, uh, I don't. My eyes can't. Does anyone read fine those? print? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's like how you describe it, you know. And again, yeah. you guys talk about it all educationally in a sense, so it probably do well. But that's a whole world and another conversation we will wrap it up so you guys can leave uh but incel communities do you guys know oh, about yeah. this world yeah. so that's yeah. a huge topic and community and world on twitch because you know stereotypically and non-stereotypically it's just a bunch of people that play video games yeah. all day every day and so their interactions with other humans may be limited and their skills on how to talk to other people let alone how to be physical with other people i'm just saying that's a large community that i think could benefit from both of your knowledge mm. i think you're right Bring on. Bring on the incels. Bring on Twitch. Bring on the incels. Yeah. Where for you? Well, where can people find you guys? Oh, so Shameless Sex Podcast is on every single platform that you can pretty much. We just got on Pandora, too. We got to look into Twitch. Ooh. We got to look into Twitch. Yeah. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram, Shameless Sex Podcast. You can find us online at shamelesssex.com. You can email us sex questions if you go contact at shamelesssex.com we can answer all your questions we launch a new podcast every tuesday so we say see next tuesday y'all and we might not answer all your questions but we yeah. will put you in the queue because we get we a lot of them to. yeah yeah there's a queue Excellent. yeah Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you give us a rating or review, it would be highly appreciated. New podcast every Wednesday. I'm Silent Mike, wherever you want to find me on the internet. I am at the Jim McD on all the social medias. The show is 50% facts, where percent is a word and 50 is just numbers, and so is the website. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. And, oh, yeah, special thanks to our my good friend, Nick Scopoletti, who oh, uh, Nick! helped us out. Nick, we love you. Yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome. He's just one of the best people ever. He's awesome. He's single, and so if you anyone wants to date him, you can listen to him on our podcast, and then we're taking applications. Yes, we are. Well, if we approve you, then you can go to the second step of actually meeting this amazing man. Yes. That, We've I never met him you guys did that. <laughs> That's amazing. He, had, should, some, uh, he had a lot of takers yeah. there. We were uh, we had yeah. to ward him off with a, a, yeah. a digital stick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I like the digital stick. <laughs> I like your digital stick. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs>